in today's show. We'll recap all of the action from Sunday and also some updates on a couple of big names in Portland. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Yes, I am sick. No, I don't think it's COVID done three rapid antigen tests. They've all been negative, And I'm waiting for the PCR test to come back to tell me whether or not it's COVID. But I am getting better. You just hear my voice is a little bit off, actually. So I'm just a bit sniffly, a bit congested. Voice is off. <clears throat> I'm going to clear my throat probably a couple of times on this show to make sure I get through it. But here we are <clears throat> to talk about the action from Sunday in the NBA. And let's start off with some news. Because I... I won't say... I, I, you know what? Fuck it. Sorry, kids. I did exclusively break it on this show. Damian Lillard was having this abdominal issue that was causing the problem for him to start the season. And I said, if the season starts to go sideways, that surgery would be considered again, like it was in the preseason, and that he would be shut down early. Now, the latest official update from the Blazers says the following. Damian Lillard will not join the team on their upcoming six-game road trip, so that puts him out for Sunday's game, obviously, and then the next seven games after that. Um, like I said on the waiver Wire show earlier today, if you caught that one, you might not be able to do it now that this official report is out, but you trade Damian Lillard for anything you can get because there is very little chance that he plays again this season. They are meeting a specialist this week, as they said in the update. And yeah, look, I I believe that it's, that's it. I think he is done. Use that information how you choose. Um, some will still believe that he will come back. It is looking at this point as, you, as though he... As for CJ, um, he is fine. He's cleared his pneumothorax. He's fine from that. But his wife's about to give birth. And I think I mentioned this on... Maybe it was the pregame show today. I can't remember. I mentioned it on one show. Uh, so he's fine. So as soon as he has the his wife has the kid, he's back and ready to go. So, of course, we are making sure that Anthony Simons is on a roster. CJ is going to get a big boost when uh, he returns, quite obviously. Ben McElroy in the short term has got some real value there. But, yeah, long term, Simons won't be as good when he's playing with CJ as he is now but there's still some pretty strong value to be had. And just make sure, you've got to make sure that Simons is on a roster. Even if you're skepticism about Lillard, I'm telling you now, the likelihood of Lillard playing in this season is really low. And as annoying as that is, that's just the reality of where he sits in this situation with the Blazers going backwards with his ab not really improving that much. I think we'll get official word on it towards the end of this week. And I could be proven wrong. Maybe the specialist, they come into the specialist and the specialist changes his mind or has a complete... No, you're fine. You can keep playing. Uh, I think there's almost no way 
that that's going to be the case. Dylan Brooks is out for the next three to five weeks with an ankle sprain. And Woj said that might actually be longer, pushing through the All-Star break. Without injured reserve, is a clear drop. If your injured reserve is full, he's a clear drop. Like, he's, he's solid enough, but you can't hold a bloke for that long, for five, six weeks, um, who's not top 30, top 50. Can't hold a bloke that long. D'Anthony Melton's a strong ad. Zaire Williams is a nice deeper league option. Hard to get a full judge on the Grizzlies at the moment. We'll talk about more when we get to their game later on. But with Steven Adams out, it's giving extra minutes to guys like Clark and Anderson as well. So it's hard to get that full idea. Then, of course, it prolongs the value of Desmond Bain at a really high level without Brooks, and it does give Melton that bump to be a 12-team league guy. While Alperen Sengun, the delicate dancer. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. He's going to be out at least another week with this ankle injury. We're still waiting for an opportunity for him to play 26 minutes a night. Again, I just don't think, at this point, I like the guy, and I think he needs to play 23 a night every night. I don't know when it's happening. Is it's going to require a wood trade? Maybe. Is it going to require a fake injury to wood? Maybe. There's a lot of uncertainty. And if you are in a situation where you don't have the ability to stash, then don't. Like, really hard to do that, given the amount of injuries and absences around the league. I think Shingun's going to be good, <clears throat> but there's going to be um, there's going to be some issues, I think, uh, yeah, with waiting that long to get him back in action. But you don't have to wait to get the action of Built Bar into your life. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And while we're here in 2022, starting off a new year, things aren't going well for Blazers fans. Maybe you can turn things around for yourself. Lose some weight, get rid of the sugary treats, jack up the muscles, get that rig looking absolutely ripped in preparation for the upcoming summer. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar you can find. It's low in carbs, it's low in fat, it's low in sugar, it's low in calories, but it's high in protein. And the old DI is through the roof. DI, what's that? It's the deliciousness index. I made that up, but Built Bar's got it. It's got it in spades. It is absolutely fantastic. It tastes unbelievable, and you can get it now at 15% off. So get to Built.com. Built.com, that's a better word. Built.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and save 15% off your boxes of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Okay, that'll take us now to look at some games. 10 of them on on Sunday. Let's go straight in. First game. The um, Spurs, they take the Nets to overtime. In the, in the end, um, it's a win to Brooklyn, 121-119. They would have liked to against a, a beat-up team like the Spurs to get an easier win than that. But they didn't. They still get the win. DeJounte Murray played 40 minutes. He had 19, 9, and 12 with two steals and a block. Rough shooting numbers from DeJounte, but he's still been excellent this year. 54 fantasy points here. While with the absences of White, Johnson, Vassell, they started Lonnie Walker and Josh Primo. Primo played 39 minutes. <clears throat> he had 12 points on 16 shots, so that's pretty rough. The three assists are okay. Look, he's been fine, and he's fine as a streamer, probably more for 14-team leagues, but he's not quite there yet. While Lonnie Walker did well, 25 in 33 minutes with three threes and four assists, and while those guys are out, I think Walker does have 12-team appeal. They move Bryn Forbes to the bench, pushing Walker to be a starter. 18 points for Forbesy with five assists and three threes. If you're looking for some points and threes as a stream, yeah, Forbes can be that guy. They also played Devontae Kachok, 16 minutes. So that's where things are at for the Spurs. He had two steals, two blocks, eight points. A guy that's always put up big numbers in the G League, but never been able to really you know, do anything in the NBA. Yeah, that was interesting. Well, Meth Curry played 19 minutes, had three points. That's Tyler Johnson, sorry. Two steals and a block for Tyler. Um, he's on a 10-day there, and maybe some short-term deeper league value for uh, Tyler Johnson. On to the Nets side of things. 
Durant played 43 minutes, and he's going to play the back-to-back tomorrow. 28, 4, and 6, a steal, 3 blocks. It's just a monster game. Jim Harden, also a monster. 26, 7, and 12 with two threes. But Kyrie will return for the Nets tomorrow. They've got two road games in a row, so they're going to get two games of Kyrie to start this week, and then he's out for the rest of the week. Paddy Mills played 39 as well, but his role and minutes drop off when Kyrie returns. 13, 6, and 4 with two blocks. Now, Mills has not been playing particularly well anyway. 152nd-ranked player over the last two weeks. And I don't believe he's anything more than a streamer for 12s. Claxton played 33 with Aldridge out, 16 and 14, and he is a must-roster guy. When Aldridge plays, it does cap Claxton's ceiling. But when Aldridge is out, then Claxton goes through the roof. And we saw that here while they did start David Duke once again. I don't really understand why. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. Six and five for him in 17 minutes. They had Bruce Brown out of the rotation again. We had eight minutes for James Johnson. We had 19 minutes of Bembry. We had 12 minutes of Kessler Edwards. We had 30 minutes of Cam Thomas. Just some weird rotations. Things are going to change when Kyrie and Harris and Aldridge are all back. Um, but I don't really get what Steve Nash is doing here. It's a, it's a little bit weird to me, the way that... that why, why is David Duke starting? What's the point of it? And why is Bruce Brown uh, not playing? I don't really get the purpose of that. I do get the purpose of the Clippers pounding the Hawks. It's because the Hawks' defense is horrible. 106-93, LA wins. Good game from Bogdan Bogdanovich. 19-6-3 with three threes and two steals. Remember, though, this was a game where we had no DeAndre Hunter and we had just three minutes of Cam Reddish. And this is the, these are the scenarios in which Bogdanovich thrived last season. When those guys are out, he took on a larger role. But if now Reddish might miss some time here with his ankle. That's, that's, you know, he's not guaranteed to keep playing. He, I think he's in real trouble with his ankle. But Hunter should return in a week or so. Um, and it's going to put a, a cramp on Bogdanovich. He also shot 50% here, which he struggled to do. Trey Young had 19-3-7, not the best game from him, but two steals and a block is strong. While without uh, Clint Capella, they started Onyeka Okongwu. He played 38 minutes, had 9-10. and 10. Not the best night, but as long as Capella is out, Okongwu is a 12-team league player. Vanderpants, Kevin Herter had 11 points. Pretty rough overall, though. A steal and a block, two, two rebounds, two assists, 33% shooting. Probably still want to hold him in 12s. Uh, well, the Baptist John Collins was stinking. 9-7 and seven in 34 minutes. Also... If you do have Dylan Gallinari in 12-team leagues, hands off my there is absolutely no need for that. He had eight points in 18 minutes. You can get rid of him. And uh, Lou Williams was a DMP CD in this game. He wasn't going to be part of the rotation. He hates playing early games. So they said, my guy, just uh, come in your street clothes. He went, all right, cool. Let's do that. On to the Clippers. They made a change. They started the Iced Coffee Man, Farmers Union, Amir Coffee. 33 minutes over Terrence Mann. 21 points, 5 triples, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. He's been getting mid to high 20s every game. And they moved man to the bench. Now, it does help that Marcus Morris had some foul trouble and struggled and played only 25 minutes. It does help that Luke Kennard was out. But an interesting change in the rotation. Coffee, I think, is a solid 14-team ad for now. But again, Kennard is the wild card here. What they do with his minutes and how that all works is interesting. I think Terrence Mann's a 12-team drop. He had 10 and 7 in 33 minutes. I'm still holding Morris, who had 15 in 25, but wasn't a great game. While Bledsoe had 12 points, but 7 assists and 2 steals. But only the 26 minutes, pretty hard to look at him as a... Um, Eric Bledsoe, pretty hard to look at Bledsoe as a 12-team must roster. They also played 30 minutes of Nick Batum as he started. 10 and 8 with two threes, a steal and a block. Good numbers from Batum. Has really struggled to get any momentum or rhythm this season. That's a good game. I'm not going to hold off on adding him, though. While Serge Ibaka had his best game as well. 16 in 21 minutes. I thought they might not even play Serge, um, but this was really good. Now, whether they keep playing him or not, I don't know. 
Um, Justice Winslow was out of the rotation. I thought Winslow had done... We well, performed way better than Serge had throughout the last week or so, but they went with uh, Ibaka there. But Hartenstein's return is going to be the big question mark as to what happens with Serge Ibaka as we move forward. The third game of the day was the Wizards. They get the win narrowly over the Orlando Magic. 102-100, always love a Wizards-Magic matchup. The future MVP, Cole Kuzma. 27 points in 38 minutes, 22 rebounds, three threes. I know people think I hate this bloke. I don't have any hatred for him at all. I just don't think he's as good as others do. But this is, without doubt, a fantastic performance, and he has been red hot over the last two weeks, 41st-ranked player. But again, with all of these things, I'm going to highlight a few more examples of this later on. We have to look at context. This is huge, right? This is absolutely huge, and he was fantastic. But over this period of time, He's been doing it without Harrell, without Dinwiddie, without Hachimura. Now, Dinwiddie and Hachimura returned, and he still was able to produce. But Rui's still forcing his way back into his minutes, and there's still no Montrez Harrell. And this was the game that finally tipped Kuzma into the top 100. So despite all of these advantages he's had all season, he hasn't been a top 100 player. Because he does put the things in the big number categories that look sexy. Big scoring, big rebounds. And that makes you go, Wow. But then he has like subpar free throws and subpar field goals and low steals and low blocks and low assists. And it drags his overall value down. And that's why I think sometimes there's the disconnect between, man, look what Kuzma did, 16 and 10, and that's great. And he has 0, 0, 0, 0 on 41% and 64%. And, and that all hurts every, everywhere. It's a great time, I think, to try and um, sell high on him. Because people do believe in him a lot more than I do. But if you don't want to, just write it out. I find it hard to believe he'll play 38 at night and do this. All right, we'll have this level of usage and be this efficient. Yeah, 28 usage here. And we are yeah, looking at this and going, okay, well, that means that Hachimura is going to play 14 minutes a night. It means that Harrell is going to have no impact on shots. And all of that's clearly untrue. They didn't have a backup center in this one, so Kuzma played a lot of backup center. And we're going to have two centers, Harrell back next game and then Bryant back in a week, that are going to take away that from his game. So I think he's a, I think he is a sell high. See what you can do. Gafford's also a sell high, 12 and 5 with three blocks. I have no idea what they're going to do in the rotation. I know what I do, but that doesn't actually matter what I would do. I would keep Gafford starting, but they might say we want Bryant back starting or we want uh, Harrell out of the rotation and Bryant to be the backup or we're going to do Scott Brooks and the ghost of Scott Brooks is going to pull the trigger. We're going to run a three-center rotation every game. I don't know what's going to happen, but while the numbers are up for Gafford, sell. Beal had 20 and 6 with 7 assists and didn't we? Just the 8 points, but the 10 assists are nice. He's still, yeah, a fringe 12-team league player. Not much else happening there. Hal Neto played 26 minutes. While, again, shout out to Rui Hachimura for returning. He's obviously going through some pretty rough stuff uh, that's kept him out since before training camp. 6 points in 14 minutes. No, Rui Hachimura is not a 12-team league player. Um, probably not a 14-team league guy. Even in past years, like he struggled to be a 14-team league player while being force-fed 31 minutes a night. He's probably not going to get that opportunity this year to play that many minutes. But it's just great to have him back out there and playing. For the Magic, there was no Wendell Carter Jr. And of course, no Suggs and Fultz and Isaac and all those blokes. Terrence Ross went off. 31 minutes, 32 points, two threes, two assists, one steal. It's a sell high. He shot 65%. He played a lot of minutes. He won't get these opportunities every game. You probably have going to have no hope of being able to do that. But if I got any top 100 player in a deal for Ross or top 120, I'd do it. Because he's a massive chance of getting traded and this production won't stick. Um, without Wendell Carter, Chumra Kiki started 8-6, and six, but 5 assists, 3 steals and a block. That's really nice. <clears throat> and as long as Wendell is out, 
There's value in him um, as at least a defensive specialist. And Franz Wagner. Been a little bit down a bit lately, hasn't he? 16 and 6 is all right. The 29 minutes, he's dealing with the ankle injury. No steals, no blocks, one assist. A little bit empty. Still holding him. This is not great. While the Cole Anthony regression is hitting real hard. 12 and 6 on 24% shooting. Two threes, a steal, and a block. And that's why I was so reluctant to buy in at the start of the season. He was just a horrible shooter last year. Now look at his numbers, how impressive they are with the shots and the shooting percentages. And they're falling off a little bit at the moment. We're still holding. And I don't think Fultz is going to have an impact too much on him. But it's a bit of a slump. Harris had 11 points with three threes in this one. Is that the right button? Nice, yep. Gary! Yeah, it was all right. He's worth holding for now. Don't think it lasts in any way. Well, Mo Bamba, I reckon it's a bit of a buy low on Bamba. 10 points on 11 shots is horrific for a center. He had no threes and no blocks, and he's really struggling at the moment. And I think he is going to be a guy that loses out when Isaac returns. But if you people are considering dropping him. So if they're considering dropping him, that means in a lot of spots, you can get him at a much cheaper price. And, and I would be inclined to look at that. At least we're still getting by with 15 minutes of Tim Frazier, though, so that's always sick. Um, guys, BetOnline wishes you all a happy betting New Year. Playoffs, they're almost sorted in the NFL. Waiting for the last game to decide the last spot. BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports wagering this season, though, and in all of 2022. So it's a new year. There's a new updated desktop site. There's a new mobile site as well. So why don't you go there, use our code Locked On, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball to football to hockey... Boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's look at this one. The Raptors beat the Pelicans. Pelicans stuck around a little bit more than I expected in this game, and the Raptors win at 105 101. For the um, Pelicans. Jonas Vasilinovas. 20 and 17, a triple one. Really good game from Valanciunas. Well, Ingram had 22, 5 and 4. Big games from those guys. Now, they were without Josh Hart. So I thought, maybe we've got a chance here. Maybe we've got a chance for Nikhil Alexander-Walker to do something. No, no. He's just shit us. 11 points in 18 minutes. One rebound, two assists. He is outside the top 220. One of the biggest busts of the season has looked worse than he did last season, and he didn't look good last season. I thought, okay, he looked bad, but opportunity for him. Let's bank on some improvement. But nah, he's gotten worse. Like, you can Jack Armstrong him in basically, not every format, but pretty bloody close. Get that garbage out of here! Herbalife Jones was just okay. 13-2-1, a steal and a block. Still bringing the defensive stats. Missed a free throw, which drops his value down. But yeah, solid numbers, and the huge minutes are really, really useful. And Devontae Graham had 11 points with four assists. Not his best night. He's sort of falling away at the moment. I think in a 10-team league, you probably could consider streaming Graham in and out. But in most cases, a guy who's got a really rock-solid starting role, like he does, is someone you probably hold. Garrett Temple started for Josh Hart. 8-3-6. and six. Cool. Well, Jose Alvarado, I thought he looked pretty good. Six points, two threes, two assists, but yeah, not someone that I'm going to be banking on uh, providing too much value as we move forward. They also waived Jared Harper and signed Gary Clark. Yeah, team building for the future. Gary Clark to a two-way contract. Uh, onto the Raptors. <clears throat> they were without Gary Trent, so they went back to starting a center, and that center was Ken Birch. He only played 21 minutes. He had six and four, but it meant more minutes for Chris Boucher, who played 28, and more minutes for the big sneeze, Precious Achua, who had six and nine with a steal and two blocks. Good numbers for both Achua and Boucher. Good defensive stats, good playing time. 
Again, it is because Trent is out, and I don't expect Trent to be out long. Uh, Nick Nurse said post-game, hey, I'm surprised he didn't play. Like, he looked pretty bloody good to me. Well, all right. So maybe this is not a long-term thing. But we did get those extra center minutes when Trent was out. So just keep an eye on that. Obviously, Boucher is the best fantasy option in that group, but I don't have huge hopes for him. Siakam was excellent. 29, 10, and 7 with two steals, while Fred Van Vliet... The all-star berth is there. He, he's got it. Let's, let's be honest. 32, eight, eight triples, four rebounds, four assists, two steals. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well, just 41%. But over the last two weeks, he's your second best player in fantasy. He had 47 fantasy points here as well. The Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Balenciaga stop, ones. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Yeah. Uh, not great. 12 points on 12 uh, shots, two threes. He's still fine, though. He's still like the 38th ranked, or sorry, 40 or 50th ranked player this season. Hasn't taken gigantic steps forward, but still pretty bloody solid. Let's talk about Scotland Barnes. Um, 33 minutes was dragged at the end, and Boucher closed the game over him. 7 4 and 2, no steals, no blocks, 1 3. 30% shooting from the field. Remember back a few weeks ago, it's one of the ones I've copped the most shit for when I said, look, this guy's the 25th ranked player, you probably want to sell high. You are insane. Don't listen to what this guy says. He's got no idea. Barnes is legit. Blah, blah, blah. Um, we've definitely swung in the other direction here. He's 224th over the last two weeks, Barnesy. He's down to 77th from the season. And he's really struggling at the moment. We've seen the hit of the usage. He is the fifth option when this team is healthy. The defensive stats aren't all that consistent at the moment. The shooting looks more like Florida State Barnes versus Toronto Barnes. And I'm a little worried about where it's going. I would still buy low. But I am, again, I'm just a little worried that maybe those shooting numbers we saw at the start of the season was a 20-game, 20 25-game. Fluke is not the right word. But maybe that was just... Maybe the problems that everyone had with him coming into the draft and not being a good shooter, maybe this was just like a, a, a hot streak. I'm not saying that it is. I'm absolutely not, I'm not looking at this. Like if Steph Curry had this run, you go, it's Steph Curry, man. He's going to be all right. But Scott Barnes starts going like this. I go, eh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Obviously, clear hold and a buy low. But, you know, I hope, I hope that some of you are able to pull the trigger on those sell highs and uh, get that value back that was, that was obviously there. Hopefully, you're able to do that. Let's go to the next game. The Nuggets narrowly pull one out against the Thunder, 99-95. Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus. Big, big. 54 fantasy points. He's the number one player this year. 22-18-6. 38% shooting's a bit rough, but he's doing everything. But this was a great game from Austin Rivers, who's still battling a thumb issue. He had 37 fantasy points, 22 points, 6 triples, 3 steals. Now, this does not, under any circumstance, mean that Austin Rivers is a 12-team league ad or a 14-team league ad. It's just one of those games that happen, and you go, ah, oh, well, and then that's it. That just doesn't continue. Barton had 14-4-4. He started out red hot, and he's cooled off, and he's about the right area now, like that 85 to 105 sort of range, while Morris had just eight points but added five assists and only played 26 minutes. I think that'll go up. The Jeff Green, Jermichael Green, whatever you want to call it, nonsense situation continues. Jermichael started, but played 18 minutes. Jeff Green came off the bench, had 16 points in 22. Neither of them are 12-team league guys, not even remotely close to it. They're probably more 16-team than anything else. While Aaron Gordon stunk, man. He sucks. 264th over the last two weeks. He just has no upside. It doesn't matter who's out. He's got no upside. Four and six, 22% shooting. Just a horrible fantasy player overall for the role that he has. 
And he actually didn't play that much in this game because he wasn't playing particularly well. And it's still, I think you've got to hold him in 12-team leagues, but there is no upside. Davon Reed, they signed to a two-way deal, and he played eight minutes. Cool. Onto the Thunder. Giddy was great again. 11-7-8, 40% shooting with three threes, while Jeremiah Robinson, oh, good numbers. 12 points, two threes, three steals. Good to get that production across the board. They started Derek Favors, but he had just the 16 minutes. I don't know what the point of that was. And that meant that Aaron Wiggins moved to the bench, and unfortunately, he played only 19 minutes. I don't think that Wigo is a 12-team league guy. This is why, was well, part of why. Eight, eight points, three assists, a triple one. I think he'll go back and start and be a solid 14-team league guy. While Baisley is turning into a really nice blocks streamer. Three blocks here with five boards in 24 minutes, but the upside's not there. And Lou Dort, again, much like the Barnes thing, like we saw it at the start of the year, and I did like an in-depth dive into Dort. And went, this guy's not a good shooter. Why is he shooting so well? Well, it turns out maybe it was just a fluke because he has been bad for a long time. Now, last year, despite playing 31 minutes a night, he wasn't a top 200 player. And now he's down to 124th this season, 225th over the last two weeks with some bad shooting. I still think he's a hold, but I'd like to see some positive improvements in this shooting because it's been rough. And you want to speak about positive improvements, let's hope we bloody get some from Shea Gildas-Alexander. He's struggling. Eight points on 14%, four assists, one steal, two blocks. He's now 53rd for the season, 111th over the last two weeks because he cannot hit shots. He's under 30% from three after being at like 40% last year. And his efficiency on that huge usage was amazing last year. Has not been able to stick with it. It's a real problem that he has not been able to carry over that high load, high efficiency role that we thought, yeah, this is why we think this guy's a future All-NBA, All-Star type player. Because on a bad team, he shouldered everything and he did it hyper-efficiently. And this year, he can't. And he did have worries coming into the NBA as maybe not being a great shooter. And we're seeing some real problems with him at the moment of that shot. I think he is a, a buy low, but it is a little bit worrisome. The next game, the Wolves. I think they're actually pretty good, Minnesota. I know it's only Houston, but they killed him. 141-123, and they did that without Patrick Beverly. They started Jaden McDaniels, who played 29 minutes. He had seven points. He blocked four shots, but it's really hard for me to get excited about McDaniels outside of, say, 14 or probably even 16 team leagues. Towns was great. 40-9 and nine with seven assists. D'Angelo Russell was great. 22-5-10. and 10. Jared Vander Biltbar. He was also great. 21, 19, and 4, two steals and two blocks. That is a gigantic performance. 60 fantasy points. Would you like me to say it again for about the 25th time in the last five weeks? He is a must roster player. Oh, but I'm in a 12 team points league. I don't care. I'm in a 10 team. I don't care. He is a must roster player. No, he's not going to replicate this probably ever again. But he's a must-roster player and has been for literally weeks. Um, Goose. Anthony Edwards. Like, just fine. 19-3-6. But he did, thankfully, have a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. But I'll tell you what we can do with Malik Beasley. Get that garbage out! Even without Beverly, he's playing 20 minutes. He had 13 points. He's just really bad. And Jalen Noel should be taking most, if not all, of his minutes. Noel had 11, 5, and 5 in 18 minutes and looks really good. I think Noel is an interesting 16-team league grab. Maybe even getting to 14. I think he's going to take these minutes off Beasley. He looks really good. For the Rockets, Christian Wood played 28 minutes, 22 and 8, 4 threes, 2 blocks. Good numbers. Good numbers there. Um, Wood's still not top 100 this season. Let's talk about Kevin Porter, though. Cousin Kev? Shithouse. He's not good. 
Um, we're three years into his career. He's had you know, fluctuating roles. He, he's not good. Uh, sorry. Uh, and my my faith... Not that I had any faith in this bloke as a good player, to be honest. I thought there was an opportunity for him to put up good numbers this year. I... How do I best phrase this? I, want to be, I don't want to be too overreactionary. I don't think they should pursue a Porter Green backcourt as their backcourt of the future. I don't know what that means, and they don't really have any other options. But I don't think that he is a long-term, good quality NBA starter. He just cannot shoot. He, he just And he's a bad defender. He cannot shoot. 9, 6, and 8, 30% from the field, 50 from the line. He's just a negative, badly. Would I hold him in fantasy? Yeah, unfortunately, I would. Because that opportunity is so great to have a point guard who can get you eight assists and is going to play good minutes. And I don't think they're benching him at any point this season. But he's really not good. Stinker from Jalen Green, 10-2-3 and three in 26 minutes. Bit of a hold. But he's that one of those guys that when the shot isn't there, I'm not really sure what else he's doing. And that is detrimental in fantasy. That makes you Tim Hardaway or Jordan Clarkson. And we know they don't have huge value. The wild thing. Jason Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. Minutes all over the shop. 10 and 7, 4 assists, 23 points. Again, I do not believe that this is a long-term future NBA starter. They should be, I believe, prioritizing KJ Martin. And they did in this game, but that doesn't mean that'll happen long-term. I'm holding Tate, but it's not that good. Martin had 13 and 7 in 27 minutes. But the bloke that I had on the waiver wire show earlier today about an upside grab player, Joshy Christopher, 27 minutes, 19, 3 and 4, 2 steals and 2 threes. Now, getting these minutes every night is going to be tough. But they need to find a way to do it. I think he's got some really interesting potential. I don't know how a Christopher Green backcourt works together. I'd like to give it a try. Very intrigued with him. A nice 16-team grab, maybe a 14-team grab. I'm very intrigued with what he's doing. Um, Gary Bird had 14 points in 31 minutes with four triples. A nice 14-team league option. A nice, um, nice three-point streamer as well. But that's probably about it. But I am really worried about Porter and how he fits with Green. Really, really worried about that. Let's go on to the next game. The Chicago Bulls. They lose to the um, Dallas Mavericks. 113.99. Lonzo Ball, 9-6-5, three threes and three steals. Remember when I had DeMar DeRozan on the Sal High show as well? Oh, you're crazy, mate. DeRozan's awesome. You're just jealous that you didn't draft him. That's what someone said to me. And, of course, if you're all well aware, like I don't give a shit about my fantasy teams in that respect, but my major point was there. He's shooting like 97% from the line and has no chance of sticking. Well, somehow he's become a bad free throw shooter. I don't know how it's happened, but over the last two weeks, DeMar DeRozan, guess. Guess where he's ranked? 116th. Yeah, he's not that bad. But no steals, no threes. 24-8 and eight on 50% from the line. He's just really struggling. The drop-off was always going to come. Maintaining top 15 numbers was impossible for him to do. And that is why it's all—it's such a hard thing to do. This bloke is rolling. He's flying. He's top 15. He's top 20. How can you possibly trade that away? But to be successful in trades, they're the ones you have to make. And now you can go buy him back for maybe a top 40 player and get value back again if you want. But there is always certain things that stand out as being impossible to maintain. And 97% from the line on like nine attempts per game was impossible to stick. Impossible. I didn't expect it to swing this direction and go this bad. And that gives you scope to buy low now. Um, shit knife from Vooch as well. It's Boosers. It's Big Boosers. Boosers him. 
Vucevic. Um, Vuce had 13 and 6 on 35% shooting. Like he's he'd been playing better. This is a, a harken back to where he was before. Well, Levine had 20 points. Inefficient night from Levine, but he's been really, really good this season, obviously. He has been the best player for the Bulls in fantasy. Um, Kobe White played only 27 minutes. It's going to get harder for him when Caruso and Green come back. I don't believe he will maintain 12-team value. And we had uh, Ayo who put up a big game last time out. That was just not a realistic thing to continue. Six points in 23 minutes for the Mavericks. Doncic was back, so that's great. 22, 14, and 14. Unfortunately, he shot just 35%, but good numbers nonetheless. And Brunson had 17, 4, and 4 in 28 minutes. But I want to talk a little bit about Josh Green because he looks really good. Now, the 80% shooting is highly unrealistic. But the fact that he's getting 22 minutes at the expense of Reggie Bullock, Sterling Brown, Frank Nilakina, I think he's going to maintain a rotation role here. Now, is that rotation role 15 minutes or can it be 25 minutes? He's a name to watch. I'm really liking what I'm seeing. Finney Smith was all right. 12 points, four threes. I think he's a soft 12-team hold, but if you do need to move on, don't feel bad about it. And the same goes for Hardaway, who had nine and six in 28 minutes. Dwight Powell had 10 and four there, while Bullock went down to just uh, 18 minutes with five points because of how well Josh Green is playing. Oh, quickly, Muxy Kleber. As long as Porzingis is out, Kleber's a must roster. Eight points, six triples, one block. Must roster. As long as Porzingis is out, and then they'll go down and um, reduce his value and play him like 23 minutes a night, and he'll be useless, even though he's one of the clearly better options out there for this team to be playing those big minutes. They just will refuse to do so. I'm pretty confident of that. All right, let's go to the next game, the Cavs and the Warriors. The Warriors win 96-82. We'll talk about them in a sec, but let's talk about Cleveland. 29 minutes for Rajon Rondo. That is um, too many. It's too many. Now, he... Played well. If he's going to play 29 minutes a night, then yes, he is a 12-team league out. I, I just can't fathom how you make the coaching decision to play him 29 minutes and Lamar Stevens 34 minutes. They did. They played well in this game, though. You're 15-3-5 for Rondo, 17-4-1 with two steals for Stevens, but it was just a night where the Cavs were off. Garland was well off, 9-2-4 in 25% shooting. Mobley, 11-6 on 42%. Kevin Love played 14 minutes. The Discman, C.D. Arsman, who I thought was yeah a great option. In fact... Yeah, he was a guy that I looked to add everywhere. And he played 20 minutes. I, I don't understand the coaching here. I don't understand the prioritization of of Rondo. I, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, Osman, I'm holding. If you want to add Rondo, go ahead. I, I do not buy that he will maintain this value. But I've been wrong plenty of times. And I could easily be wrong here. I just don't think Rondo's a good NBA player anymore. And that probably you know colors my appraisal of him. Larry Markkinen, I th- it's he's getting real close to a drop, man, if, if he's not already. Nine and six, like he just struggles to do anything that's you really stand out. And I think in, in 10-team leagues, you can move on and you can feel pretty okay about that. Um, the Kevin Love regression, that, that's coming pretty hard. There. That's two, I think, stinkers in a row from him. Two points in 14 minutes. But this is how weird this game is. He played just the 14 minutes. You know, Osmond played 20. So everything was turned on its head. But before we go too negative, let's go positive. Let's talk about the Warriors because he's back. Clay Thompson returned. Legit emotional, his return. Like, watching the announcement of him coming back, like, it was emotional. Imagine being there. It would have been sick. Yeah, and he had 20 minutes, but scored 17 points. He was hyper-aggressive, threw down a dunk. He took 18 shots. Now, this is one of those situations where, you know, he had 42% usage with, like, Clay should first game back. Can you just do everything? And that's pretty much what happened. And efficiency was off. And in true Clay Thompson form, not much else. Three, three rebounds, one assist. He's never been a guy like that. There will be people who really get excited about this, and rightfully so. 
But when you want to use a logical fantasy brain on it, it's a good, it is a good sell high moment. He won't maintain 42 usage. All right, there'll be rest days, there'll be minutes restrictions, but he looked great. The fact that he scored bulk in points helps. See how you go. Weird stuff in this one. It was announced by a couple of Cavs reporters pregame that Draymond was out. All right, what the, what's going on here? Then the Warriors tweet out, no, he's our starting lineup, Draymond's in. And then the Cavs reporters come back and delete those tweets and issue apologies. And they go, oh, sorry. Um, now it turns out Draymond is playing. And then 15 minutes later, the Warriors act tweeted, oh, sorry, guys, sorry. Um, now what actually we meant was that Draymond's starting and he's just going to be out there for the tip and then that's it. What? He hurt his calf in warm-ups, apparently. Wanted to be on the court for the tip-off for Clay Thompson. Um, was there for the tip. They told the Cavs about it, obviously. Walked straight towards Garland, I think it was. Fouled him, and that was it. He was out for the game. Played seven seconds. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's shit if you started him in a, in a Roto League. It's a game wasted. It's shit if you took, uh, had him in a multi for a bet because it counts as a game played. And betting sites, they are not known to do the right thing. Um, yeah, by the letter of the law, he played. So he went under on everything. But I'm sure if you took the unders on all these projections... On betting sites, they'd probably say, no, it doesn't count. I can imagine them doing that. Not bet online, though. I'm sure, I'm sure they'd be good with, good with it. Uh, it was just a frustrating situation. Really annoying. And those Cavs reporters who had it right and then took it back really bummed me out. Anyway, the rest of the Warriors stuff. Curry was great. Burst out of his slump. 28-5-5. and Come on, Looney. What a, what a game. 6-18, four steals and a block. We don't expect this from Looney all the time. But he's at least got some 16-team appeal. And then the Jordan Poole, Gary Payton question. 24 minutes for Poole, 19 for Payton. 14, 2 and 2 for Poole, 9 and 6 with two steals for Payton. I think you can drop Payton in 12s. Not going to be a big enough role. I'll hold Poole for now. 24 minutes probably isn't enough to get it done long term to be a 12 team league guy, though, but I will hold for now and we'll see how it ramps up. Wiggins struggled 10 points on 9 shots in 34 minutes. Uh, we, haven't really, we haven't seen Wiggins play with Clay Thompson yet, so we don't know how that's going to work. He could see a real drop in value. Just keep an eye on that. Otto Porter, just the 20 minutes for six points. He did have three steals, though. But a weird game, a great game to have Clay back. Um, but yeah, weird stuff going on with that Draymond. Right, before we go on to the next game, one last thing on the Cavs side of things. Um, Garland did get hurt at the very end of the game, and there is a chance he doesn't play tomorrow. So that does obviously make Rondo a really interesting stream player. Rondo also played the final 18 minutes of this game straight which again, it boosted his minutes up that high. And it's not a realistic thing to expect every night. But he played a ton of minutes in that stretch towards the end of the game. And of course, they ended up losing by 14 points. Let's go on to that next one, just a blowout here, as the last two games were. The Kings um, lose 103-88 to the Blazers. Halliburton was pretty good, 17 points, 9 assists and 2 steals, while the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy! Um, yeah, look, pretty good stuff from Barnsley. Better than he's been anyway. 13-7 and seven with two threes, a steal and a block. While starting in place of Holmes, who was st- and then in place of Damian Jones, Alex Len, 16-10. and 10, But Holmes could be back next game. Len should be able to be the backup center. Um, and that has deeper league appeal. Heald had 10 points. Yeah, Bagley was terrible. Chemezi Metu returned and he didn't do much. While Darren Fox was questionable heading into this game with shoulder soreness. And that's been bothering him all year. 14-5-2, bad percentages from the field, bad from the line, just an absolute stinker from Fox, and he has been 
one of the biggest disappointments of the season. For the Blazers, another big game from Anthony Simons. 35 minutes, 31 points, 7 triples, 6 assists. Now, it is going to be a bit of a hit to him when McCollum does return, but Simons is a must-roster player. I told you, I do not think that Damian Lillard will play again this season. Simons is a great must-roster player. Um, McLemore started 13 points in 25 minutes with Norman Powell in COVID protocols. So there is maybe some stream value for points and threes for McLemore, while Little had 13 with three threes. And Covington brought the defense three steals and three blocks with Larry Nanta. They're obviously banged up, but look at this. Look what happens when you play Yusuf Nurkic big minutes. 38 minutes, 14, 16, 9, two steals and a block. Unfortunately, just one of three from the line, but a good numbers. Good numbers there from Nurk. I think he is going to get a real boost end of season with... Um, um, uh, the guy that I can't even think of. Uh, Lillard, that's the name. When Lillard's out, I think Nurkic is going to get a real boost there. But a big win for the Blazers here against the Sacramento Kings. And let's go to the last game of the night, which was actually a blowout. But the final score doesn't indicate that because the Lakers bench got them back into the game late. The Grizzlies win it in the end, 127-119. <clears throat> um, for Memphis, Jaron Jackson started at center again with Steven Adams out. 21 and 12 with six blocks. He's been really, really good. And it's huge to see him put up this sort of a performance alongside Jar. Because that's been a struggle for him this season is to put those games up next to uh, Jar Morant. So that, that's good to see him do that. Kyle Anderson, 29 minutes, 14, 7 and 8, two steals, two blocks. While Brooks is out, while Adams is out, Anderson's a 12-team league guy. And Des Bain had 23 points in 26 minutes. Shot the ball really well. <clears throat> His value is going to maintain because of the absence of Brooks, pretty obviously. Only 16 minutes for Brandon Clark, which is disappointing. But if you do have him, I would hold. 14 points, steal, and a block. While Morant had 16, 5, and 7. A bit disappointing overall efficiency from Jar. He had that, obviously, highlight block. But the fantasy value is not quite there in this game. They did start Zaire Williams instead of D'Anthony Melton. He played 27 minutes, had 9, 2, and 3. I don't really understand the purpose of that uh, and of giving Melton so few minutes. Williams is only a deeper league guy, not a 12-team league option or even a 14-team league option. Whereas for Melton, if I did add him, I'd hold, but this is obviously really disappointing. 19 minutes, 4-4-3 four, four, and three for the wave pool. On to um, the Lakers. Well, LeBron was great, 35-9-7, 7, 74% shooting. And then just a bunch of stinking performances. Malik Monk, 7 points on 13 shots. Westbrook, 6 points on 12 shots. This dude just needs to stop shooting. He did have seven rebounds and six assists, but he continues to really suck. 17% shooting is horrific. Um, Bradley had seven points in 23 minutes. Stan Johnson, two points in 13. Johnson's been really bad the last couple, and I'm thinking maybe they don't bring him back now after uh, his 10-day expires. When It's feel like he was going to do it for sure, um, but it doesn't appear that that will be the case now. Um, Austin Reeves was great off the bench, as was the Duke. 16 points apiece for uh, Reeves and Allington. 23 minutes for Reeves, but again, that just was the bench really pulling through and getting there. While Carmelo Anthony, still rostered in an astonishingly large amount of leagues. He should not be. He had seven points in 23 minutes. He has been playing not bad, but he should not be rostered in the 91% of leagues that he is. It's just uh, not a number that makes any sense to me. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous does go to LeBron James. He was fantastic in this game. Um, Austin Rivers was your waiver wire, but I don't think we need to do much with that. That was a fluky performance. Uh, Anthony Edwards was a young gun. And the dud of the night, it's Draymond, obviously, but for guys that actually played, the Baptist, John Collins. Top 10 players today. We're looking at LeBron at number one, followed by Siakam, Towns, Simons, Durant, Jaron, Harden, D'Angelo Russell, Vanderbilt Bar, and Luka Doncic. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Rivers, don't really care for it. Kyle Anderson, yep, grab him in 12s. Mia Coffey, 14s, yeah. 
Kevon Looney, no interest. Maxi Kleber until Porzingis is back, yes. Bryn Forbes, streamer for points and threes tomorrow. Ibaka, not really interested. Same with Devontae Kachok. Uh, Joshy Green, nice 16-team league ad for now. And Josh Christopher, just a name to watch. And then your top 10 in points leagues. We're going with Towns, Vanderbilt, Jaron, Doncic, Siakam, Kuzma, Murray, Jokic, James, and Durant. And that will do it <clears throat> for me today. My voice does make it through eventually. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Hit the thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe. Leave your comments below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.